food in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you. It is July 26th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. What time does your phone say over there? <laughs> what? I it said my phone says it is seven o'clock and thirty-eight seconds. <laughs> is that right? Uh, that's what it says at home, at home on the couch. I yeah. love my phone at home. Again, my husband just slapped his head <laughs> and just shook it and says, I don't know how to help you. I walked but... in, yeah. I walked into the uh office this morning, the studio, <laughs> and you said I cannot I cannot operate today. I can't I don't have my phone. I don't have my phone with me. So it's like, sorry, folks, no show today. Brenda doesn't have her phone. It Can't is, do it. It is amazing to me. I never thought that I would be a person that relied so much on having a phone nearby. I know. It's like... They got you. They got you. I'm thinking about the day I've already sent messages to our first interviewer to let him know that I don't have my phone to send me an email. I've got to announce it to the world so that way Scott knows (laughs) he can't get the hold of me by my phone. And then I'm thinking the first thing that came to my mind too is, oh, now how am I going to pray the rosary with Archbishop Sample on my way home? Because I don't have my Hail Mary media app. There you go. See, look at that. So I don't know. It's just going to be a down day, I think. It is funny. I was just thinking about this because I got out of the car yesterday when I went home. And I went in and and the first thing that I thought as I'm putting my stuff down, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Right. Because I didn't have my phone with me. And it's just like, so then there was a slight little panic that set in because like, did I drop it somewhere? Did so I leave it? I, yeah, I went yeah. out and it was on the floor of the car and it's black. So it blends in with the car and it was like, oh, there it is. It's so, fine. but it, it, it's amazing. We have become tethered to our phones. We have. And I'm disappointed. I I was disappointed when I walked in today because I realized what an inconvenience it makes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't have emergency issues with it, but it, it's inconvenient. I just quick text to the kids or remind myself of something, look at the phone, yeah. grab the weather, do quick report or something on the show today. It's an inconvenience, Yeah, David. I know it is. <laughs> it's amazing how we do get linked to things like that. And but and you think about it, years ago, we didn't have that issue. Of course there was, not. There was no issue with that. You 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 operated with all of these things that you don't have, that you didn't have, that we have now, and you know what? Things just went fine. We seemed to manage. We seemed to make th- make it through, didn't we? If I needed to get a message to my friend who was sitting across the classroom, I would write a quick note, fold it up in a cute little triangle, <laughs> launch it across the room when the teacher wasn't looking. That's right. We had no problem communicating. No. I had uh, phone numbers in my mind of uh, everybody that I needed to connect with after school. I'd get on the phone. Hello, Mrs. Barnett. Is yeah. Ruth home? Yeah. Can right? I talk to Ruth, Can please? I talk to my friend? Yeah. I, it's just kind of how we live. Yeah. 
Kids today don't even, I could barely get my son to get out of the car and go <laughs> knock on the front door of a friend. He just texts them and lets yeah, them know he's out front. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I remember when we, as a kid growing up, when we got our second phone in the house, the princess line, I believe is what it was. It was one of those little long, narrow phones. Remember those? Yes. Yeah. And that that was our second phone. And that was like a big thing. Woo, got a phone now. Second phone. Look at that. If you remember that show, uh, it was Roseanne. Remember, yeah. they had the phone on the wall in the kitchen. Yeah. And the cord was really long. <laughs> right. Remember that? Yeah. So you could walk to yes. other rooms. That was your privacy. That. That's what you got to do. Go stand in the closet and talk on the phone. Well, I'm very sorry you don't have your phone with you today. Because I know you're just not going to be the same person that you typically are. I know you're going to get my full attention because I'm not going to be looking at my phone to see who's texting me. I'm talking, doing the news, and Brenda's off in the corner looking looking at at her phone. phone. It's like, uh, hello over there. It's your turn. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, you're ready to go. So what do you have coming up today without your phone? Okay, well, hey, the big news here, a wildfire erupts just outside of Lisbon, Portugal, with pilgrims descending to the city. Hundreds of firefighters deploy to gain quick control. I'm going to have an update for you. And we'll talk about UPS. Apparently, they're going to uh, agree to a new contract, which is kind of a big deal for all those packages out there. Great to hear that. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Rita West, Victor. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Proclaim. 
is Rita West and Victor. It is 7.09 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Very nice out there. Well, she's always busy, always has something going on. We're going to find out what's happening with Dina Marie right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle connects through AllSource Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at AllSourceCommunications.com. That's AllSourceCommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications. Connecting Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. For more than 33 years, Monterey Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boultree. It's really miraculous. I'd come out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Monterey Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate occasions and three separate priests. God's providence was so clear to me, and I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that, yes, this is the path. You guys are planting seeds that are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Boultry is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Dei Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at materdayradio.com. 712 at Mater Day Radio. Really a pretty morning out today. You and I were both commenting today about how it is a little darker getting up now. It That's, certainly yeah, is. Yeah, so uh, getting that way. Uh, Going to be sunny today. High of 84 degrees. Clear overnight tonight. Low of 57. Then sunny again for Thursday with a high of 82. Currently a very mild 52 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. And 52 degrees at Holy Trinity Church in Beaverton. 
We've been talking about how Pope Francis has taken the month of July off, but boy, come World Youth Day, he will be back at work full swing. Well, one person I know who never takes the summer off, who is always ready to do God's good work, it is our good friend Dina Marie Hale, who is connecting to us today by cell phone. (laughs) Wow. Good morning, Dina Marie. Do you ever forget your cell phone? Oh, you know, I have. I think I've actually forgotten it going up to the sisters at Our Lady of Peace. And as I'm in the middle of, you know, driving on the highway, I'll think, oh, I don't have my phone with me. Well, I guess it'll be a really quiet day today. So I feel for you, Brenda, that you left your phone at home. <laughs> at least you know where it is. You know, I'm... the other thing could be it could be gone, you know, and that would be a travesty. So, you know, I always have to look at the bright side of things. Oh, that's for sure. The bright side of things is I'm at work uh, until two o'clock today, which means I don't have to have uh, that little uh, look from Scott going. <laughs> I told you all the time to put your stuff next to your purse every night. But <laughs> I just thought, how could I possibly forget? I'm how just going to plug forget? it in right here, let it charge overnight, and then I'll be ready in the morning. But you are... Always ready for the next adventure, Dana Marie. You've got a full summer ahead. You thought, what? Summertime's a perfect time to dive deep into our faith, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It, it's such a beautiful time. I mean, you guys have mentioned we've had these long, sunny, beautiful days, but I think our schedule, our clocks change a little bit. So, you know, it's time to look at how do I really grow with my with my relationship with Christ, with my relationship with others? And that's what I'm really learning, being here in a new community, is getting connected with my parish community. We're involved with a, a, a search program, which is kind of a pre-RCIA, just for people who might be thinking about uh, learning more about God, learning more about the Church. We've got something going on this summer every Thursday night at uh, St. Rose Immaculate Heart, so again, being with people who want to learn, who want to grow, and to be um, a guide, a mentor, a prayer partner for them, that's really, I think, a special thing. I think we have to reach out to our community, get involved. I saw the Vacation Bible School programs going on. I just thought about when I was a kid, that's something that touched my life was being involved in you know, Vacation Bible School during the week, you're out of school, but to be part of your faith. And I think that's why I call my ministry Faith Moments. You know, I want to encourage, I want to be part of more faith moments in people's lives. And if it's, you know, a simple thing like a, a ice cream social after mass to get to know somebody, you know, take advantage of those faith moments. I love how you say that, too, because those moments happen all the time. We we focus our Sunday liturgy to give that time to God. But when you look for those little moments throughout the week, you carry that liturgy with you throughout the whole week and God's love to those who you happen to come across. We talked earlier last time you were on, you had your 33 Days of Morning Glory event that is starting up soon, and it is full other people wanting to join you for this wonderful event but you often spend time with our lady uh our lady of peace retreat the franciscan sisters there they're another group of people they don't slow down at all during the summertime 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. And I just heard Sister Anne-Marie on yesterday on the program. I love the video with her in studio. And, yes, they are totally getting ready for that barbecue. And then it just keeps going. They'll have a women's retreat at the end of the month. But in between those things, I'm going to be heading over to the sisters. And kind of uh, before COVID hit, we had these twilight talks where I had on a quarterly basis an evening talk. We had um, time for fellowship and we close the evening with an hour of adoration and just a holy hour in the middle of the week. And people have just loved it. And so we've put a couple more of those on the calendar this month. We have one on September 13th. It's a Wednesday night at Our Lady of Peace Retreat. And again, a time to come together, see your fellow community members. Uh, we'll have an inspiring talk and then we'll head over to the chapel together and, and just let the Lord soak in our lives. And I think that's what we need. So I'm, I'm grateful to the sisters they open up their retreat house for so many different types of events. And so this Twilight Talk on September 13th, doors will open at 6.30 to come into the retreat house. I'll just be looking forward to meeting people there. And then at the end of the month, I'm excited about heading over to the grotto. And we love the grotto. Chris Blanchard and his team are so amazing with all the things that they're doing. And they're moving into a, a celebration of 100 years but I'll, I'll offer a mini retreat called Renew, Refresh, and Retreat at the Grotto on Friday. Now, I didn't pick it because it was David's birthday, but it is the <laughs> Feast of the, <laughs> Thank the, you. Feast of the <laughs> Holy Angels. I thought, hey, what a great day to get together it's on David's birthday and on the Feast of the Archangels to talk about the angels, to talk about our Blessed Mother, and to talk about prayer. So we're going to do that at the Grotto, 9.30 till about 11.30. And then again, what I want people to do, get involved in prayer. So, of course, the grotto has uh, the rosary right before the Mass. About 11.30, we'll head over to the beautiful Chapel of Mary and then uh, and then stay for that beautiful Holy Mass at noon at the grotto on uh, Friday, September 29th. So, yeah, it's a busy month coming up. I'm excited. Or, uh, it's in two months, but you got a plan, right? August is almost done. We haven't gotten there yet. But those are the things coming up is really getting people back on track with their faith and it's one prayer at a time. You know, it's almost August as, uh, you know, we look at the calendar, which makes me think August, September, October, October. Uh, October. You know There's what happens in October? On. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Rosary Bowl. It's Rosary Bowl. It yeah. is Rosary Bowl time, David. And uh, and what I love is that it's only happened a couple times. The way the calendar fits is our Rosary Bowl falls on the feast of Our Lady of Rosary, a uh, Lady of the Holy Rosary, Our Lady of Victory, on October seventh this year. So it's kind of special to have the Rosary Bowl fall on Our Lady's feast day, which is the first Saturday. Uh, you know, a big devotion for us as well. And this year, uh, well, I'll just kind of put the word out there. Uh, Father Brian Milady, our Dominican priest, you know, one of so many Dominican priests who serve here, he's going to be our keynote speaker. Oh, nice. and I thought it would be just really great to have one of our Dominicans come and share on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. It's their special feast day as Dominicans as well. So we'll be in Salem. It'll be a full day of activities. It's always free. We'll have a great um, kind of luncheon provided for people and then Mass with Bishop Peter Smith. 
so I want people to mark the calendar, save the date, first Saturday, uh, get to the Rosary Bowl in Salem. I know we'll talk about it more on Modern Day Radio, and it'll be on our website as well, rosarybowlnw.org. What, what location again this year? This is actually, if people are familiar with the Blanchett Catholic School, we're across the street at the East Salem Community Center. Oh. So they've got a nice sanctuary facility and a big hall area so we can have all of our vendors. We've got the Eucharistic Miracles and a rosary display this year. So it, it has a nice place for us to have Mass, have the rosary, have the um, have the uh, keynote speaker. And we'll have a couple of special things happening with the Knights of Columbus as well going on. So it's uh, easy to get to off of Market Street. Uh, you take that Market Street exit and you're almost there and plenty of parking. And again, a, a way to make those faith moments happen. Oh, Dina Marie, it is always such a wonderful event to join together with our community. That power of the rosary, so important to a world in need and to the area here in the Pacific Northwest. So we look forward to that again. So, well, we love having you on in the morning. You got a full, you got 33 days to morning glory. You've got OLP events, twilight talks, and well, you got to pray your rosary for me today. So yes. that way uh, I don't lose one day because I don't have my phone to do that with me. But <laughs> uh, we really appreciate your time today. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. Great, you guys. Have a blessed day. Thanks so much. You too. And it is 7.21 at Mater Day Radio. Always great to talk with Dina Marie. She is busy. Uh, she is amazing. And yeah. I, that, that is a person who you can tell her ministries bring her such joy. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. So again, if you haven't, uh, or if you want to hear that again, you can go to our website. We'll have the interviews up as well as on the Hail Mary Media app. You can download the app. We have all the information on the free Hail Mary app. Hail Mary Media app on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with A Mother's Moment. The other day, I was walking back from Holy Communion with my little boy, and all of a sudden, he took off in a very brisk walk. He was heading right to the stained glass window of the Stations of the Cross, in which Christ was being hung on the cross by the soldiers. The station was at waist level, and as he bent down low, he studied it intensely. Then he asked the ageless question to me, why did these bad men hurt Jesus? In that moment, I felt my heart leap as I witnessed my son enter into the station. How many times do we walk by the stations of the cross in our church and not even look at the story that they are desperately trying to tell us? How often is our Lord trying to pull on our hearts and take time out for us to ponder this great mystery. It has been suggested that if we are busy, just take one station every day, and then in two weeks, we will have entered into the entire passion. As mothers, we need to remember to get the spiritual fuel that we need to keep us going, like meditating on the stations of the cross. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, please give us eyes to see your suffering 
and a heart that desires to love you more. Amen. May we be the light to the world by taking time out to meditate on the Stations of the Cross. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matra Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Some are morning people. <sighs> Others are not. <laughs> Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, a historic Italian winery by the Willamette Valley Winery. We'll have the details for you in the news. And just ahead of World Youth Day in Lisbon, a wildfire breaks out, but hundreds of firefighters deploy. Looks like they've got control. I'll have an update on that story for you in four minutes. Here is Ike Ndalu. Make it loud. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Cities burn, mothers cry. Oh, my Lord, save my child.
That is Aikendalu and Make It Loud. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, a wildfire that erupted on Tuesday afternoon in the mountain area of Cassius, a popular Portuguese holiday destination near the capital of Lisbon, is now under control. But authorities said firefighters would remain on the ground to avoid reignition. Civil Protection Commander said on Wednesday the blaze no longer posed a risk to the population but urged people, particularly motorists, to avoid the area. The wildfire started at 5 o'clock on Tuesday in an area that is part of the Sintra National Park, or excuse me, Natural Park, which covers around 56 square miles of land and is located just west of Lisbon, backed by vehicles and water bombing planes. More then 600 firefighters were brought in, but strong winds complicated their initial efforts. Local residents also helped with buckets of water and hose pipes. Around 90 people were evacuated as a precaution, but no houses have been damaged and no major injuries have been reported, according mm. to authorities. Wow. I would imagine there will be tours that people would be able to take from World Youth Day up to Sintra, and there's a castle up there. It's kind of a mountainous area, so right. I could imagine they suffered the same difficulties as around here. Oh, sure. Getting to where the fire is. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, though, recognizing with everything happening, 600 firefighters yeah. ready to deploy to get this all under control. And it sounds like they made quick work of it. That's good to hear. Well, UPS has reached a tentative contract agreement with its 340,000 person strong union potentially averting a strike that threatened to disrupt logistics nationwide for businesses and households alike. The agreement was announced after UPS and the Teamsters came back to the negotiating table on Tuesday. The potential deal averts a big crisis in shipping just as merchants were preparing for the back-to-school shopping season, the second largest sales period behind the winter holidays. The 24 million packages UPS ships on an average day amounts to about a quarter of all U.S. parcel volume, according to the global shipping and logistics firm Pitney Bowes. As UPS puts it, that's the equivalent of about 6% of the nation's gross domestic product. Member voting begins August 3rd and concludes August 22nd. Catholic leadership expert and philanthropist Carrie Alice Robinson will be the next president and CEO of Catholic Charities USA, the domestic humanitarian arm of the Catholic Church in the U.S., Catholic Charities has 167 member agencies and 3,900 locations across the United States, including five U.S. territories. The agencies are engaged in various projects, including hunger relief, housing assistance, disaster aid, health care, job training, and assistance for migrants and refugees. The outgoing president and CEO, Sister Donna Markham, is retiring this summer after eight years heading Catholic Charities USA. Markham praised Robinson's appointment. Robinson will begin her new role on August 23rd. She is presently an executive partner of Leadership Roundtable, an influential effort of Catholic laity, clergy, and religious that seeks to promote best practices in management and leadership in Catholic organizations. She was the founding executive director of the organization, which launched back in 2005. 
Well, Little Italy is coming to Oregon's wine country with the announcement Monday that Marchese Frescobaldi has signed an agreement to purchase Domain and Domain Roy and Phil's. The Dundee-based winery is one of the Willamette Valley's top Pinot Noir and Chardonnay producers. The transaction was announced by Lamberto Frescobaldi, president of the Italian winery, whose family has produced wine in Tuscany since the early 1300s. Wow. A little history there. Deal is expected to close at the end of this month, although no financial terms have been disclosed. Domain Roy and Phil's owns two estate vineyards totaling 40 acres of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay vines. The estate includes Iron Filbert in the Dundee Hills American Viticulture Area and Quartz Acorn in the Yamhill Carlton AVA. The winery facility and tasting room are located on Warden Hill Road in Dundee. That should be really nice. Best practices from Italy and Oregon coming together to create beautiful bottled wine. I think that's great. Apparently, uh, apparently when some of the officials from the Italian winery came and visited the area, they just thought, wow, this we want we want a part of this. Yeah. So wildlife workers put out bear traps for a third night on Monday as they tried to capture a grizzly bear. It unfortunately killed a woman who was traveling alone on a forest trail near Yellowstone National Park. Amy Adamson was 48 years old from Derby, Kansas, died in Saturday's fatal mauling near the Montana-Idaho border, the Gallatin County Coroner's Office said. The victim was a marathon runner, and officials said she was likely running or walking at the time of the attack. Officials ruled out a rare predatory attack, which suggests Adamson instead died following a chance bear encounter as she traveled by herself in a wooded area frequently uh, frequented by grizzlies and black bears. She was killed just a few hundred yards from a trailhead and private campground. The bear was traveling with one or more cubs. Mm. So authorities have not decided whether they would kill the adult bear if it's captured or whether they would relocate it. That term mama bear is just not by a chance. So very, very sad to hear that. That is. Well, in sports team USA takes on the Netherlands in a group stage match at the FIFA Women's World Cup in New New Zealand this evening. Start time 6 o'clock, televised on Fox. Both teams were undefeated in their openers, although the Americans have the group stage advantage over the Netherlands with more goals scored. So tonight's match promises to be more challenging for the U.S. team that admittedly was a little out of sync in their 3-0 win over Vietnam this past Friday. Netherlands beat Portugal one to nothing. It's a team that faced the Americans in the 2019 World Cup title game, if you recall that. Despite the loss there, the Dutch players say they have no fear of the uh, top-ranked U.S. squad, and uh, they're going after their third consecutive title, the Americans are. So it should be a really good match tonight. I'm looking forward to watching it. Nice. St. Joachim and Anne are regarded as Jesus' grandparents, being the parents of the Virgin Mary. Little is known about their lives as they are not mentioned in Scripture. However, the church has venerated them as saints since the early years and gave various dates in the calendar to them. According to Catholic Encyclopedia, St. Joachim had a number of dates throughout history. 
It says St. Joachim was honored very early by the Greeks who celebrated his feast day on the day following the Blessed Virgin's birthday, which was September 9th. The Latins were slow to admit to admit it to their calendar where it found a place sometime on September uh, 16th and then sometimes on December 9th. Aligned by Julius II to the 20th of March, the solemnity was suppressed some 50 years later, then restored by Gregory the 15th, then fixed by Clement the 12th on the Sunday after the Assumption, and then finally raised to the rank of double of the second class by Leo the 13th. You got all those dates okay. straight? Okay. Okay. Let's start with St. Anne then. Yeah. She had fewer dates on the calendar, including July 26th, the day it's celebrated today. Right. In fact, her feast is celebrated in the East on the 25th of July, which may be the day of the dedication of her first church at Constantinople or the anniversary of the arrival of her supposed relics in Constantinople. While the new liturgical calendar combines their feasts on July 26th, the Eastern Church has also celebrated their memory on a single day. The Greeks, they keep a collective feast day of Saints Joachim and Anne on September 9th. So many, many days to celebrate the grandparents of Jesus. So uh, today's a good day to pray. Saints Joachim and Saints Anne, pray for us. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And one way you can celebrate this special feast day for grandparents, too, is a rosary for the faithful departed. At 1230, it will be prayed by Deacon David Hams at Gethsemane Chapel at Gethsemane Catholic Cemetery on Stevens Road in Happy Valley. And if you missed that one, well, get in your car and hurry on over because at 2.30, he will be doing the same thing at Mount Calvary Mausoleum Chapel at Mount, uh, at Mount Calvary Catholic Cemetery right up here on Skyline Boulevard. And remember, you can find details on this event, plus many others. If you go to our community calendar, matradayradio.com, you can also access it on the Hail Mary Media app. So, Brenda, I don't know if you've had a chance to see the Mount Angel Abbey's new video. It is really good. And I, I really, really good. Very special. Nice. Really well done. It's narrated by Abbot Jeremy Driscoll. He joins us next to talk about the new video. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Please join me, Sister Christa von Borstel, in this prayer to St. Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. The piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only proved to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. It is 743 here at Mater Day Radio. Sunny skies and warm days continue today. Few morning clouds have already burned off, it looks like, and sunny afternoon this afternoon. East side of the mountain still affected by the wildfire smoke. In fact, looking out over the area, it's hard to tell if that's just haze or a little bit of smoke that's creeped into the valley. But afternoon highs in Portland and southwest Washington getting into the low 80s. Overnight, we're cooling down to the upper 50s. Then more of the same for Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday mm. and Monday. It's going to be a nice stretch of days. I like that. 57 degrees at St. Paul's Church in Eugene. It is also 57 degrees at Mount Angel Abbey in beautiful Mount Angel, Oregon. The Mount Angel Abbey has recently released a new video titled Portraits of Benedictine Peace and Community. It's really a beautiful presentation of life on the sacred hilltop that captures not only the physical existence of the monks at the Abbey, but also their spiritual and creative lives. Mount Angel Abbot Jeremy Driscoll narrates the video, and Abbot Jeremy joins us this morning to give us more insight into this wonderful production. Hey, good morning, Abbot Jeremy. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, David, and good morning to all your listeners. Well, I, I want to say that this video is just beautiful, as I mentioned in the open, very inspirational. It kind of opens with the camera zooming in on a monk, Brother Isaiah Vargas, I believe. He's sitting in the woods while working on a landscape painting of the monastery while set to some soothing music. You come in, Abbot Jeremy, as the narrator and say, and I quote here, Mount Angel Abbey is a place on the edge of the world, on the edge, but not over it. I just love that. Explain that a little bit and what you mean by that. Yeah, well, I'm trying to uh, say in a quick way for, for our viewers that uh, monastic life is not uh, in the center of things. It's not, it's not in downtown Portland. It's not in downtown anywhere, but we're in the country, but we're in the country. There's a symbolism in being in the country that when you're when you go to the edges of something, you see things in a different way. You have a different perspective. That's what monastic life offers the monks, but it's also what we want to offer 
our visitors to to realize that from the edge you can see and understand things that you don't quite see when you're in the middle. It gives perspective, really. Yeah, and really it's symbolic, too, just from the standpoint that the Abbey sits on a hilltop, and I guess you could say it looks over the edge down into the valley, so it kind of works that way as well. Yeah, you know, monasteries are often traditionally built on a hill, and that's there's a symbolism to that, and Mount Angel works as a classic monastic site that way. It's a sign of ascending toward heaven, but it's also so that you can view the whole world and keep be mindful of it. Monks, um, when I said at the beginning of the video, uh, on the edge but not over the edge, we are connected with the world, but we're connected from the edge. But we want to be connected with the world, and we want to invite the world to share in our perspective. Yeah, and you also talk about, too, in the open, the spirit of St. Benedict. And talk about that spirit, because I know a lot of it has to do with welcoming. Yeah, um, St. Benedict, of course, guides everything in our life and and the whole video. It's a 20-minute video, you know, so when we call it portrait, we tell the story with pictures. But everything that we do, Benedict orders the whole day in a very rhythmic way that keeps us mindful of the presence of God, keeps us in communion with one another as brothers in the monastery. But Benedictine monasticism is very strong on welcoming guests. St. Benedict says, welcome them as Christ, that you receive Christ himself in the guests. So we are happy to receive guests. And actually, one of the reasons we made the video is so that more people would know about Mount Angel and feel that they could come here. Because, you know, Life is getting pretty crazy for a lot of people, and uh, Mount Angel can function as an oasis because it's it's on the edge, and somebody is glad to see you here. That's not happening in many places right. anymore. It's that, there's a, so it's a kind of antidote to a, a dark spirit that, that tends to move in the middle of things sometimes. You know, oftentimes I try to tell people who have not been to Mount Angel Abbey about the beauty and what's there, but it's it's really hard to describe sometimes without going there. I think this video has just, in baseball terminology, hit a home run. And yeah, thank you. I, yeah, thank you. I, I would say anybody who wants to learn about the Abbey, the hilltop, to get a real true sense of what it's like. This video does that. Yeah, I am very happy with it, too. It somehow catches the mood of the place and the mood of the monks. Nobody talks in it except me, and it's not really me. I'm just the narrator. Right. You don't see me. You just hear my voice. And so what you're seeing is the monks doing their various things. It's beautifully filmed. It's professionally filmed by some friends of ours that have a, a video company in California. They, they came here to do that with us and for us. But uh, So it's beautifully filmed, but what, what's being filmed are monks doing what monks do, and that includes monks teaching seminarians and uh, monks receiving guests and monks uh, brewing beer and receiving guests at, at our brewery and in our coffee shop and all sorts of things. So the story is well told by the video. Oh, it really is. Again, we're speaking with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll. He narrates the video called Portraits of Benedictine Peace and Community. And I want to talk about peace because you you mentioned, too, the importance of silence. 
and that video captures that as well. And again, it's just a beautiful part of the hilltop. Yeah, monks have the practice of silence. If you, we, we use that expression, practice silence. And it's probably a good expression, you know. It, it takes practice to be silent. Uh, but we have, we have rules of silence, especially in the early hours of the morning and, and in, the, in the evening hours. But, but we also have the practice of silence in the monastery all day long. We, if we have to talk, we, we do that not in the corridors or in anywhere like that, but uh, in our, our rooms or in our offices. There's no extra noise on the hilltop. So silence is so that we can be made more aware of the presence of God. And, and that's also, it's, you know, like we're silent together with one another as monks. It's not so that I'm not bugged by the guy that's next to me. That's not why I'm silent. Being silent with other people, like we eat in silence, we might walk down the corridors in silence. That's a, that's a deeper communion is created if, if you practice that. And so uh, the whole hilltop is silent. It's not that people don't talk, but when you come onto the property... You feel that silence just because it's practiced in general, mm. and things move at a at a more careful pace when people are being silent. And of course, you have the beautiful retreat center there as well. And you talk about, and I love these words that you use in the video about people who come to the hilltop to be renewed and be refreshed. And that, again, this day and age, those are two really beautiful words. Yes. You know, we, we did uh, renew and refresh the retreat house building. Four years ago, we completed that, and we expanded it as well. And one of the reasons we did that is because in the last 10 years, even a little more than that perhaps, more and more people um, need a space like this and are coming here. And so uh, that was a big decision of the monks of Mount Angel to, to renew their guest house so that we could share renewal with people. And, and so I just invite your listeners to, to look into that. They would be most welcome to, to come here for, the, for a day or for a few days. Uh, that's, that's possible for them. Mm, wonderful. Again, the video is Portraits of Benedictine Peace and Community. I highly, highly recommend that you go to the Mount Angel Abbey website. It's mountangelabbey.org. You can view the video there, as Abbot Jeremy said. It's about 20 minutes in length, and it is a beautiful 20 minutes. So, uh, Abbot Jeremy, as we wrap it up this morning, I'm wondering if you could end us with a prayer and a blessing. I'd be happy to. Let's pray together. Praise to you, God our Father all thanksgiving to you for the gift of life and for the gift of redemption in your Son, whom you sent to us in the flesh, crucified for our sins and raised up for our justification. Bless the world with the peace that comes from Christ's victory. Bless the listeners today. Bless our world with the peace that comes only through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Abba Jeremy Driscoll, Mount Angel Abbey and Seminary. Abba Jeremy, again, beautiful, beautiful video. Thank you so much for narrating that and giving it to us. Thank you, David. Thanks for, thanks for talking with me this morning. Absolutely. Well, God bless and have a wonderful day. You too. 
It is 7.53 here at Mater Day Radio. I'm really excited to see this video. Oh, it's it's wonderful. I, I watched it. I've watched it several times, in fact, and it, it really is well done. And it just captures the essence of Mount Angel Abbey and the seminary and the hilltop. Highly recommend it. And it is on their webpage. It's on their webpage, yeah. Okay. Well, to make it real easy to find David on today's podcast of the show and of that interview that you just heard, I'll add a link to Mount Angel Abbey that'll get you right to that uh, video. And you'll find that at matradayradio.com. And you'll also access it on the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio and a public hearing today on UFOs. Yeah, we'll have that for you in the news. And the famous Portland Belmont goats might be moving to a castle. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Boy meets girl, husband meets wife. Joachim and Anne were nothing short of a successful, devout Jewish couple. They lived in comfort, wanting for nothing in all their life that God had given them, but they were missing one crucial thing, a child. For most of their lives, Anne and Joachim struggled with infertility, something that is far too common among many couples today. They prayed unceasingly for so many years to conceive and bear children, but the Lord was calling them to wait and persevere. 
Anna and Joachim did not give up on the Lord to work a miracle in their lives. They never stopped fasting and praying, even distancing themselves from society to devote more time to prayer. They promised their child would be brought up to serve the Lord in whatever capacity was necessary for His greater glory. Little did they know how God would fulfill that end of their promise. Then an angel appeared. Anne was at home while Joachim was away traveling when an angel revealed to both of them that they would finally be blessed with a child. God heard their prayers and was ready to answer them tenfold. It wouldn't be just any child. Their child would be honored and adored by future generations to come for the gift that she would then bestow on the world. Anne gave birth to the little mother of our Lord in her old age. Sadly, Joachim was elderly by the time Mary was born, and he passed away shortly after her birth. But the gift God gave them made it worth the wait. They were able to hold Mary, their little gift from God, who would bring forth the Savior of the world, the fulfillment of the Mosaic Law. They both died of old age in Jerusalem, where a church was later constructed over their grave in the fourth century of the church. Their dedication to the prayer and faith in the Lord is what called for their canonization in the church today. What we can learn from the parents of the Blessed Virgin Mary is the power of persistent prayer. We always know what would make our perfect life timeline. I find myself guilty of wanting to control how and when things will happen. It's human nature. With control comes that arbitrary peace of mind that we will be happy once X happens or once we reach the life marker Z will be fulfilled. We like to think we know what is best for our lives. But God says, wait, I have something better in mind. It's as if we're holding on to a toy pearl necklace or a ragged stuffed doll from our childhood because it brings us comfort and stability. What we don't realize is that God has a necklace of the finest pearls or a fuzzy new teddy bear that He wants to give us instead. May we take to heart the model of Saints Anne and Joachim, the patron saints of grandparents and childless couples, and learn the power of persistent prayer in our own lives. May we surrender what we think we desire and instead ask ourselves what God desires. Chances are, it's more than we could ever imagine. Saints Joachim and Anne, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department has launched an investigation after two pro-life sidewalk counselors were allegedly attacked outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic on July 22nd. A group of pro-life sidewalk counselors were gathered along with other pro-life activists outside of the Planned Parenthood location on Saturday morning. A verbal altercation between pro-abortion passers-by and one of the accident activists ensued around 11.40 a.m. and quickly turned violent. The public incident reported provided to Catholic News Agency by the police states that two suspects approached the pro-life activists and engaged in a verbal confrontation, which led to one of the suspects throwing coffee at one of the activists. When one sidewalk counselor tried to stop the altercation, one of the suspects knocked the victim to the ground, began punching him. Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department detectives are investigating the incident. Well, this should be interesting. A House panel is holding a public hearing today on unidentified anomalous phenomena, also known as 
unidentified flying objects, UFOs. They changed the name. In case you didn't know that. What is the name again? Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. Anomalous Phenomena. Phenomena. Kind of hard to say. Phenomena. Yes. Needless (laughs) to say, lawmakers on the House Oversight Committee's Subcommittee on National Security will hear testimony regarding UFO sightings from three individuals who previously served in the U.S. military. Republican Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee said in a news release last week that the witnesses would provide public testimony because the American people deserve the truth. The hearing is the latest push by lawmakers and other intelligence and military officials working on UFOs on a national platform. Last year, the director of the office formed to focus on the sightings said the government is tracking more than 650 potential UFO cases. What? Yeah, 650. It's a lot of cases. Okay, it seems to me, though, 650, if they're just they're tracking them, obviously it, there's some kind of natural phenomenon because, I mean, a UFO would be in and out and you'd never be able to track or look at them again. Okay, so okay. you say. All right. In a new attack against the Catholic Church in Nicaragua, the dictatorship of President Daniel Ortega and his wife, Vice President Rosario Murillo, has frozen the church retirement funds for priests, according to Martha Patricia Molina. The National Insurance Fund for Priests is an institution that was created more than 20 years ago by the Nicaraguan Bishops' Conference, intending a retirement fund for priests. It's not exactly insurance because it doesn't cover health issues or other Social Security issues. It is intended as a retirement fund, said Molina. The fund receives $150 a year from active priests, parishes, and church institutions, in addition to what is collected on Ash Wednesday. Molina explained that several retired priests reported they had been notified that the transfer of the money was blocked. In May, the regime ordered the bank accounts of parishes and dioceses in Nicaragua to be frozen and then ordered something similar in June, affecting priests. Well, drug giant Pfizer is informing hospitals that dozens of its products could face continued or new supply disruptions in the near term after an EF3 tornado last week severely damaged its plant in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Pharmaceutical company sent a letter to customers on Friday advising hospitals on more than 30 products with less than three months of inventory in the company's distribution chain that included certain drugs for pain. Pfizer noted that the three-month inventory metric represents an abundance of caution based on the information available and is not reflective of any restarting production. Now, that damaged plant is one of the largest facilities manufacturing sterile injectable drugs in the world with more than 1.4 million square feet of manufacturing space on 250 acres in the eastern part of North Carolina. Portland's famous Belmont goats may be on the move yet again, and this time there's a chance they could be moving into some luxury digs. The owner is considering a Northwest Portland mansion up for auction this week known as Blackberry Castle. The goats have been a popular attraction for years. They also serve as therapy animals that people can come and visit. 
They currently reside in a neighborhood near St. John's in North Portland. The woman who owns the herd of 14 goats has been looking for some property that would allow them to have more space. One place she's looking at? Blackberry Castle, a sprawling mansion that sits on more than six acres on Germantown Road and is on sale for $5 million. The property has been for sale, though, since 2015. Goes up for auction today, David. Really? You looking oh, for a new place? Yeah, what's the number? I'll get on that. Get on that auction. Let us know. Now, the owner of the goats is hoping the house gets into the hands of one of her investors. The Belmont goats have moved several locations in the past few years. The nonprofit aimed at creating a rural oasis amid Portland's urban core started on Southeast Belmont Street 10 years ago, then moved to the Lent area. When their lease ended in 2018, they moved to North Portland in University Park neighborhood. So one more move could be their last and they could be living it up at Blackberry <laughs> Castle. Goats love to eat Blackberry brambles. I know they do. See, that'd be perfect for them right there. And looking at the picture of the Blackberry Castle, too, they have this big turrets. Uh, I mean, it looks like a castle inside one of the stairwells of the turret. If you look up at the ceiling... There is a piece of artwork, like it may be painted on the mm-hmm. dome itself, of the Madonna and Child. Oh, wow. It's incredible. It was yeah. just kind of like, wow, where'd that come from? Yeah. Incredibly beautiful. So if you're looking for a new place, yeah, get in that auction today. You know, I know someone who could buy that castle do right you? now. I do indeed. Eugene native Justin Herbert. <laughs> yes, he could. Good to be Justin Herbert today. The Los Angeles Chargers quarterback has agreed to a contract extension that will pay him a little over $262 million over a five-year period. That will make the former Duck the NFL's highest-paid player, according to multiple reports. That would surpass deals signed earlier this spring by Baltimore Ravens QB Lamar Jackson and Philadelphia quarterback Jalen Hurts. Herbert led the Chargers to a playoff berth last season, their first trip to the playoffs since 2018. Herbert has set numerous league and franchise records through his first three seasons. So if you do the math, that would be an annual salary for Justin Herbert over five years, $52 million a year. I think I could I could live on that. I, I could live on... One game of one year <laughs> yes. of that salary. I think that would set me up for my retirement. Is he an Oregon native? Is he yeah, from he, he Oregon? Grew, he's, he grew, grew up, up in Eugene. Yeah, Eugene. Blackberry yeah. Castle would be perfect for him yeah. in the offseason. There you go. Look at that. Something else in the news. Speaking of Chargers, my favorite, second favorite quarterback now because I have to root for Justin. Sure. Philip Rivers. Oh, yeah. Him and his wife just announced they are expecting their 10th child. Wow. 10th? Ten babies. They almost got a football team. I was going to say, maybe he's going for 11 so he can field his own team. Maybe they'll be twins. As final preparations continue for World Youth Day in Lisbon, 13 holy men and women are being held up as examples of holiness for young people around the world. Cardinal Manuel Clemente, the Patriarch of Lisbon, says these patrons have shown that life in Christ fills and saves the youth of all times. He began by saying, The patroness par excellence of World Youth Day 
is the Virgin Mary, the young woman who accepted to be the mother of the incarnate Son of God. Cardinal Clemente also pointed to Pope St. John Paul II, who brought World Youth Day events to life, which have brought together and encouraged millions of young people from the five continents. He added that all 13 men and women dedicated themselves to the service of youth, especially St. John Bosco and St. Vincent. The Cardinal Patriarch held up examples of seven saints from Lisbon, St. Anthony, a 13th century Franciscan, St. Bartholomew of the Martyrs, a 16th century Dominican participant of the Council of Trent, and St. John de Brito, a 17th century Jesuit missionary and martyr. They also talk on Blessed Joanna of Portugal and Blessed Yoao, uh, Yo-o, I'm not sure that that's correct saying. Fernandez, a 16th century Jesuit. And Cardinal Clemente tied four young blesseds who died at a young age in the past century. Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, Blessed Marcelo Calo, Blessed Chiaro Bondo, and Blessed Carlo Acutis. Right. And he, of course, is the saint in sneakers who cataloged for the internet Eucharistic miracles from around the world. I checked uh, some of my uh, Facebook feed yesterday. Many, many people around this area, too, are beginning that journey to Lisbon. So keep all of these young people and pilgrims in your prayers. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On July 26, excuse me, later today, yeah. it's Summer Wednesdays at St. Rose of Lima Parish here in Portland. Adoration with Praise and Worship, led by Daniel Oberreiter, begins at 6 o'clock. Hot Dogs and Hamburgers, hosted by the Knights of Columbus in their courtyard at 7. Then there's a viewing of another episode of The Chosen at 7.30. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. It is Common Sense on Social Justice. Michael Davis joins us right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors. Financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. No matter where your summer travels take you, Mater Dei Radio is always there. Our Hail Mary Media app is the perfect road trip companion. You're always a click away from a treasury of uplifting prayers, including live Liturgy of the Hours from the Benedictine monks at Mount Angel Abbey and a customized schedule of your own daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also features a stream of Mater Dei Radio's live broadcast and podcast of all our original shows and new programming not available on the radio. 
Radio. Plus, you can jump into all the exciting summertime activities on the interactive community calendar, the latest Catholic news, and much more. Join the thousands of listeners who are moving through the summer with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to MatradeRadio.com for all the details. Wherever you go this summer, you're never far from the Hail Mary Media app and Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 814 Day Radio, very nice day today, sunny skies, high of 84, clear tonight, low of 57, and then sunny again tomorrow with a high of 82. Currently 58 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church up in Battleground, Washington. And 61 degrees at Sacred Heart St. Louis Church in Jervis. It is time once again to have, well, a straightforward discussion on social justice. Michael Davis does a standalone podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice, that you can find at Mater Day Radio. This week, he's joining me to give us a preview of his upcoming episodes and to let you know who his special guest was. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. So first, for our listeners, this is a very interesting conversation that you have with your guests. You're talking about a church, our church, who throughout its history can really be blamed for quite a few injustices. How can we entrust the church then to be the guide for our social justice teaching? So what are you talking about this week? Yeah, so many people have asked me through the years that question. You know, because we do teach heavily on the church's social teachings in this podcast, and yet we have to be very aware that the church itself has been the oppressor at times. How do we reconcile that in our minds? Your special guest, somebody that uh, I've had a conversation or two with from time to time, the good deacon, join you today. Fill our listeners in a little bit about why you wanted to spend some time talking with Scott Aiken. Yeah, so Deacon Scott Aiken, a deacon in the Archdiocese of Seattle, and also has a show on Modern Day Radio. But uh, he, uh, but Deacon Scott Aiken, uh, I wanted to bring in a trusted church uh, leader who I knew would be honest and uh, would also be thought provoking on this question that someone I could challenge. Uh, it's not enough really to speak into the air and ask this question. Well, let's ask a church leader this question. And uh, he does a great job in the in the podcast of being honest and open to uh, the, the answers to that question. And when people listen to the podcast, they're going to be kind of shocked to hear about the honesty in his answers. I like the way that uh, this is setting up to be, because if we can't be honest, how are we ever going to have a trustworthy conversation? Mm -hmm. I think that's the case. I think what is wonderful about, and I know just with our own relationship with Scott, of course, through his Native American background, and we know what happened with the, the, the government imposed and, and boarding schools that the church ran. It is a very difficult position, so it's a wonderful opportunity. Tell our listeners a little bit about what were some of the direct questions that you and Deacon Scott cover in this week's podcast? So we, first of all, asked the questions of which injustices are actually real and which are just perceived. Because we have a habit as humans of of being influenced by the rules of our current culture and then uh, judging past cultures by the rules of our culture when they actually lived by different rules, you know. So there's 
that. But some of the other questions we ask are, uh, what has the church done about it? Has the church recognized its injustices? If so, what has it done? And uh, so, for example, we talk about the Council of Trent, where they they talk about the Protestants, mm-hmm. and they say, yes, we were wrong. Well, that's shocking. The church just publicly says, yep, you're right. We need to repent. So we talk about those things. We're, we ask the questions, what's being done right now about the clergy sexual abuse scandals? Um, and then we ask the questions is what about you as an individual? Do you contradict yourself? Do you have pure beliefs about justice, but sometimes act unjustly with your neighbor? That's some of the hard hitting topic that you're going to hear this week on common sense on social justice. It is a standalone podcast here at Mater Day Radio. Michael, I guess it's important to have these discussions for sure and to get it out in the open, to have a good understanding of that. So with that in mind, how can churches then say, okay, we recognize these things, but yet we are still the authority on the teaching? I mean, it it does seem to be a little bit contradictory when, well, Again, as you said, with the things that the church is going through and abuses that continue to come out, how can we, how can the church continue to stand up and say, but yes, Christ is the authority of our church and we continue to strive to do good. I mean, it, it, it's hard to put your trust in an institution where, mm-hmm. you know, you like as you said, there, there are so many things in history that we can point to. Yeah, I think it, it has to go back to and Deacon Scott talks about this. Yeah, it's really Christ who is the perfect one, mm. you know, in all of this. And all of us are just sort of of uh, in this struggle within ourselves between sinner and saint. And we're in this back and forth struggle. So what we really need to see is that it is actually Christ who handed down the social teachings to the church. The church did not create the teachings. She's just merely repeating them. To the world, and so we need to look at the originator and see that he did perfectly live out these teachings. And there's going to be a, an interesting discussion you'll hear on the podcast how atheists and agnostics unwittingly validate the church. So you'll hear that in the podcast just as a teaser. All right, yeah. we are looking forward to that. And Michael, you alluded to the fact that. We are the church, the people and all of us. And we can point to the church and say, oh, the church has done that. However, I'm not, you know, responsible for any of those things. Almost like uh, go look at the splinter in that eye Mm -hmm. because I would prefer not to look at the log in my own. So personally, what is important for us to make sure that when we are thinking about social justice and our role and our duty in this, What are the things that we tend to overlook in our own lives so that way we can focus on other things, I guess, so that way Mm -hmm. we don't have to, again, focus on what we're not doing? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, We all act unjustly at times. When did you ignore somebody that needed your attention the last time you were at Mass? When did you fail to pray for somebody When did you hear about a need that somebody had in your parish and you didn't do anything to meet the need? Uh, Let's go outside of the boundary of of 
the the mass bit and go out into our daily life when's the last time you yelled at our driver or you you demeaned somebody or ignored your family whatever it is or or uh, made an unjust business transaction mm. you know those kinds of things we are not guiltless at all in these things and uh, one of the things to bring out too is looking at history we tend to isolate certain things and realize that the church is in this battle you know look at the apostles what was the first injustice of the church the first one was when jesus was arrested the apostles abandoned him wow. the church left him behind like no nope, we're leaving you high and dry you know why because we aren't cr- <laughs> We aren't Christ. That's for sure. So we're trying to be like Christ, but the church is made up of people, people that are still in the process of becoming saints. And so all of us, uh, in fact, I asked myself recently to myself, why are there not more openly broken people in my parish? (laughs) Isn't that where the broken people should be (laughs) Mm. to battle it out within themselves to become a saint? It's an incredible conversation, something that is wonderful. So people who really want to have that open dialogue, even with themselves, I think this week's episode would be a great place to start so that way you can hear this open conversation that you have, of course, with the good deacon. And then you can really kind of look inwardly to see what parts of you, what parts of all of us can we do better? Because there's plenty of opportunity for us to do better. Michael, thank you so much for joining us again today. Sounds like another great episode of Common Sense on Social Justice. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Again, that is Michael Davis. His podcast can be found at materdayradio.com under the standalone podcast. It is Common Sense on Social Justice. You will also have access to those episodes. In fact, two that you have coming up with Deacon Scott Aiken. You'll access them also on the Hail Mary media app. And it is 824 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you'd like to get rid of it? How about giving it to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program? Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page there. Really a quick and easy process. Just a couple of forms to fill out, and it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Check it out on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. 
These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 826 at Mater Day Radio and a big World Cup match for the Americans tonight against a familiar foe. We'll have the details in the news. And a wildfire erupts just outside of Lisbon with pilgrims descending to the city. Hundreds of firefighters deploy to gain control. I'll have an update on that fire for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Taylor Tripodi. We come alive. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
That is Taylor Tripodi, and we come alive. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Catholic leadership expert and philanthropist Carrie Alice Robinson will be the next president and CEO of Catholic Charities USA, the domestic humanitarian arm of the Catholic Church in the U.S., Catholic Charities has 167 member agencies and 3,900 locations across the U.S., including five U.S. territories. The agencies are engaged in various projects, including hunger relief, housing assistance, disaster aid, job training, and assistance for migrants and refugees. The outgoing president and CEO, Sister Donna Markham, is retiring this summer after eight years heading Catholic Charities. Markham praised Robinson's appointment. Now, Robinson will begin her new role August 23rd. She is presently an executive partner of a leadership roundtable, an influential effort of Catholic laity, clergy, and religious that seeks to promote best practices in management and leadership in Catholic organizations. Does Catholic Charities USA have like a home base? Do you know? Well, they must. Yeah, I would think so, but I'm not sure where it is. Just curious. I'll have to do a quick search. Just not on my phone. <laughs> okay. And Washington, D.C.'s Metropolitan Police Department has launched an investigation after two pro-life sidewalk counselors were allegedly attacked outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic on July 22nd. A group of pro-life sidewalk counselors were gathered along with other pro-life activists outside of the Planned Parenthood location on Saturday morning. A verbal altercation between pro-abortion passerby and one of the activists ensued around 11.40 a.m., quickly turned violent. The public incident report provided by Catholic News Agency by the police states that two suspects approached the pro-life activists and engaged in a verbal confrontation, which led to one of the suspects throwing coffee at the activists. When one sidewalk counselor tried to stop the altercation, one of the suspects knocked the victim to the ground and began punching him. Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department detectives are investigating the incident. Catholic Charities USA. Where is it? Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. There you go. A little quick search there. Thank you very much. You're welcome. A UPS has reached a tentative contract agreement with its 340,000 person strong union, potentially averting a strike that threatened to disrupt logistics nationwide for business and households alike. The agreement was announced after UPS and the Teamsters came back to the negotiating table on Tuesday. The potential deal averts a big crisis in shipping, just as merchants were preparing for the back-to-school shopping season. That's the second-largest sales period behind the winter holidays. The 24 million packages UPS ships on an average day mounts to about a quarter of all U.S. parcel volume, according to the global shipping and logistics firm Pitney Bowes, as UPS puts it. That's the equivalent of about 6% of the nation's gross domestic product. Member voting begins August 3rd and concludes on August 22nd. A wildfire that erupted on Tuesday afternoon in the mountainous area of Cassius, a popular Portuguese holiday destination near the capital of Lisbon, is under control. But authorities said firefighters would remain on the ground to avoid reignition. 
Civil Protection Commander said on Wednesday the blaze is no longer posed a risk to the population, but urged people, particularly motorists, to avoid the area. The wildfire started at 5 p.m. on Tuesday in an area that is part of the Sintra Natural Park, which covers around 56 square miles of land and is located just west of Lisbon. Backed by vehicles and water bombing planes, more than 600 firefighters were brought in, but strong winds complicated their initial efforts. Local residents also helped with buckets of water and hose pipes. Around 90 people were evacuated as a precaution, but no houses have been damaged and no major injuries have been reported, according to authorities. You know, we've had a lot of uh, heat waves here across the USA and uh, wildfires as well. Europe kind of going through the same thing. Are they? Yeah, I've seen some video uh, in Italy. They, you know, sweltering tourists walking around the streets. Greece had some really big fires, too. So they're kind of going through something similar to the U.S., again, the climate change uh, going everywhere around the world, that is for sure. Speaking of Italy, Little Italy coming to Oregon's wine country with the announcement Monday that Marchese Frescobaldi has signed an agreement to purchase Domain Roy and Phil's. The Dundee-based winery is one of the Willamette Valley's top Pinot Noir and Chardonnay producers. The transaction was announced by Lamberto Frescobaldi, president of the Italian winery, whose family has produced wine in Tuscany since the early 1300s. Wow. That's remarkable. Deal is expected to close at the end of this month, although no financial terms have been disclosed. Domain Roy and Phil's owns two estate vineyards, totaling 40 acres of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay vines. The estates include Iron Filbert in the Dundee Hills, American viticulture area, and Quartz Acorn in the Yam Hill Carlton AVA, the winery facility and tasting room located on Warden Hill Road in Dundee. Portland's famous Belmont goats may be on the move yet again. This time, there's a chance they could be moving into some luxury digs. The owner is considering a Northwest Portland mansion up for auction this week known as Blackberry Castle. The goats have been a popular attraction for years. They also serve as therapy animals that people can visit. They currently reside in a neighborhood near St. John's in North Portland. The woman who owns the herd of 14 goats has been looking for some property that would allow them to have more space. One place she's looking at? Blackberry Council, a sprawling mansion that sits on more than six acres on Germantown Road and is on sale for $5 million. The property's been for sale since 2015 and goes up for auction today. Oh, okay. Now, the owner of the goats is hoping the house gets into the hands of one of her investors. The Belmont goats have moved locations several times in the last year. Now, the nonprofit aims at creating a rural oasis amid Portland's urban core started on Southeast Belmont Street 10 years ago, then moved to the Lentz area. When their lease ended in 2018, they moved to North Portland in the University Park neighborhood. So I told a story before, Goats. We rented a house right out of college, and this house in the backyard had a ton of blackberry vines. Okay. So the owner had a goat. She brought the goat in and just hooked it up to a post on a chain. I couldn't believe how fast... That one goat ate all those blackberries. Really? It's amazing. 
I can't understand how the goat does not tear up the inside of their mouth yeah. on all those sticky thorns. I know, but they it just went through those blackberries like nothing. It's incredible. You ever look into the eyes of a goat? I, I don't think you're supposed to. They're crazy looking. Yeah. Don't look too long because <laughs> you might look. get hypnotized. They they got weird eyes. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the heads up. I'll, okay. I'll make sure not to do that. <laughs> Uh, in sports, Team USA takes on the Netherlands in a group stage match at the FIFA Women's World Cup in New Zealand this evening. Start time, 6 o'clock, televised on Fox. Both teams were undefeated in their openers, although the Americans have the group stage advantage over the Netherlands with more goals scored. Tonight's match promises to be a little more challenging for the U.S. team that admittedly was a little out of sync in their 3-0 win over Vietnam this past Friday. Netherlands beat Portugal one to nothing is a team that faced the Americans in the 2019 World Cup title game. Despite the loss, the Dutch players say they have no fear in facing a U.S. squad that is going after its third consecutive cup championship. I'm going to watch this match tonight. Okay. Looking forward to it. It's it's yeah. It's it's World Cup's exciting. So, it yeah. certainly is, and the women's teams are oh, really yeah. just gaining a big big fan yeah. base. A lot of fun. St. Joachim and Anne are regarded as Jesus' grandparents, being the parents of the Virgin Mary. And little is known about their lives as they are not mentioned in Scripture. However, the church has venerated them as saints since the early years and gave various dates in the calendar to them. According to Catholic Encyclopedia, St. Joachim had a number of dates in history that include September 9th, September 16th, December 9th, March 20th, August 1st. St. Anne had fewer dates on the calendar, but that included July 26th. The day is celebrated today. While the new liturgical calendar combines their feast days today, the Eastern churches also celebrated their memory on a single day. The Greeks keep a collective feast of St. Joachim and St. Anne on the 9th of September. This feast is known as the Synaxis of St. Joachim and Anne, maintaining their connection to Mary, whose birthday is celebrated on September 8th. Pope Francis has now used this feast day of July 26th to celebrate grandparents and their contribution to society. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Beginning on August 4th, running throughout the month, is the 24th annual William Bird Festival. The annual William Bird Festival returns to Portland in August, featuring services sung by Cantores in Ecclesia, lectures given by leading scholars Carrie McCarthy, William McCart, and Katie Bank, and illustrated recitals by ensembles directed by internationally renowned bird expert Ross Duffin and William Dawes. Mark Williams of Magdalen College, Oxford, returns to Portland to give a recital on the organ of Trinity Episcopal Cathedral and directing the closing concert. And the complete schedule includes an organ recital, five liturgical services, four public lectures, and three concert. Admission for most events are free, but tickets are also available for some of the concerts. You need to head over to the community calendar. You'll see the full list of concerts and the places that they will be taking place. You can find that 
on the community calendar under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. What are we, about a week away from the start of World Youth Day in Portugal? I believe we are less than now. August 1st, next Tuesday it begins. All right, and we have a special correspondent over there, and she's going to have a report for us right after the forecast. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Obedience has never been easy or popular. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. In monastic life, each monk gives obedience to the abbot and the community. The fundamental obedience for St. Benedict, however, is simply obedience to God's will, a basic Christian virtue. The rule of St. Benedict emphasizes obedience as imitation of Christ, who came not to do his own will, but the will of the Father in loving trust, even unto death. In a monastic community and in your own life, obedience simply means following the will of God and fulfilling our vocation to the best of our ability. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. Obedience is a paradox. In its practice, we find our surest path to freedom. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News & World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It is 8.44 here at Mater Day Radio. Sunny skies and warm weather continues today. East of the mountains may still be affected by wildfire smoke, and it does seem like there is a little bit of haze yeah. in the sky right now, too. We could be getting a little bit of effect from that. Afternoon highs in Portland and southwest Washington getting to the low 80s tonight. Overnight, we're cooling down to a comfortable uh, upper 50s, 58 degrees, something like that. You can open up the windows this afternoon and cool things off in your home then more for the same on thursday and friday and saturday sunday all the way into next week we've just got a great stretch of summer weather 
63 degrees at St. Anne's Church in Gresham. And it is 62 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. David, we have been promoting our on-the-ground correspondent. Bernadette Curl is headed to World Youth Day, but she headed out a little bit early. The group that she is with is Mm -hmm. on pilgrimage. And, well, she sent us a little bit of an update of what she's been doing. Hi, everyone. This is Bernadette, and we just completed our first full day of our pilgrimage to World Youth Day. So we left on Thursday, July 20th, around midday, and we arrived in Paris, which is the first city that we're staying in on the pilgrimage, at around uh, 1 p.m. on Friday, so the next day. Uh, After arriving, we made our way to the Catholic Youth Center that we were going to stay in for the next three days in Paris. Uh, And it's in just a wonderful part of town. It's quiet and peaceful and only 20 minutes away from the Eiffel Tower. So just a great location. Uh, We had dinner there and then we spent around three hours at the Eiffel Tower. So we got to see the sunset and the lights go off on the tower. It was incredible. I'll I'll remember it forever. Um, So after getting back, we had some much needed rest that night. And so the next morning, Saturday, we started by going to a farmer's market, which was right down the block from where we're staying. And after that, we walked to our first church of the day, which was the Chapel of the Epiphany. And that is the site of the foreign missions in Paris. Uh, We spent uh, about 10 minutes there and then went to our second church of the day, which was the Chapel of Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. So it's in this chapel that the Virgin Mary appeared to St. Catherine Labore and requested that she had miraculous medals made. So St. Catherine's tomb was actually in the church, as well as St. Louise de Marliat's tomb, who founded the Daughters of Charity along with St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, So we had mass at this chapel. It was really beautiful. There were wonderful mosaics all over and statues. And it was after the mass that it really felt like the pilgrimage had started. Uh, We went back to the youth center, had lunch, and then took a train to our third church of the day, which was St. Severin. It's this beautiful old Gothic church, uh, stained glass windows, lots of light shining through. It was really nice. And then we walked to, well, it would be our fourth church of the day, uh, Notre Dame. We couldn't go on the inside because of construction from the fire damage a few years ago, but we were still able to walk around the outside and we we saw a lot of it. Uh, After that, we went to our fifth church of the day, which I think was our final church. It was uh, St. Chapelle. It was the personal chapel of King Louis IX. He actually had it commissioned for himself. And it was just covered in these intricate stained glass windows. Uh, They were absolutely stunning. Most of the building was just stained glass. So I I recommend you look it up. It was uh, St. Chapelle in Paris. And then we ended the day by walking to the Louvre. The museum was closed, but we were able to walk around the outside and split off into little groups and see the river and some of the bridges. Uh, And then we walked back, went to sleep, and that was the end of our first full day. Uh, So something I forgot to mention was that uh, at this point, by the end of that day, our group consisted of 67 people from parishes led by the missionaries of the Holy Spirit. Uh, from San Antonio, uh, Seattle, and Hillsborough, St. Matthew, uh, where we're from. Uh, This group includes priests, brothers, and some other young men discerning the priesthood. 
And it's been such a blessing to have the missionaries, especially Father Peter, who's leading our large group, and Father Rito from St. Matthew in Hillsborough. And it's because of the missionaries that we're able to go on this trip, and because of them that I know it's going to be an amazing three weeks. So my thanks and gratitude really goes out to them especially. Uh, anyway, that was our first day and a half on our pilgrimage, and we're going to spend one more full day Sunday in Paris, and then we're going to take our double-decker bus down to Lourdes. And I'll probably check in again after we've gone to Lourdes. Uh, until then, I did send some pictures that will possibly be on one of Modern Day's social media sites, uh, so you can see those if you'd like. Uh, but thanks so much for listening. God bless. What a wonderful opportunity yeah. we have to be able to have Bernadette. She connected with us to let us know that she was heading to World Youth Day and she should be sending another installment of her visit. Yeah, I think it's tremendous, too, that she gets to meet all the different groups. They kind of form together. I mean, they came from St. Matthew's here in the Portland, Hillsboro area, but then they're going to gather, as she said, with groups from Seattle, San Antonio. So, you know, you just think about the uh, relationships you develop and you get to meet these other people all on a common cause, common pilgrimage. You get to travel with them. And so, you know, these are uh, lifelong people probably that you'll know now just simply because you get to do this pilgrimage. It really allows people to broaden their ability to see the world. Yeah. We focus so much on what's happening to us in our world, in our neighborhood, and having young people the opportunity to gather together in Lisbon. I think she said before she left, she has collected a few pins and souvenirs that she will trade mm -hmm. with different pilgrims from around the world. So it'll be exciting to talk to her about that. I look forward to the next installment, too, because before she left when I talked with Bernadette, she was very much looking forward to going to Lourdes, of course, because her patron saint, St. Bernadette, oh, yeah. of course, in that, uh, you you know, in that apparition there. So, well, we just wish her the best. Go to Mater Day Radio's Facebook page or our Instagram page. You'll see some photos that she sent. That beautiful St. Chapelle it is a church. It looks like it's just made out of stained glass windows. Wow. Incredible. I'm going to put this to a list of places someday I would love to get to. So uh, please keep it here at Mater Day Radio and continue to bless and pray for all of the pilgrims mm -hmm. attending World Youth Day. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying the Memorare to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, almost chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. That's materdeiradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 8.54 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast today in a word, sunshine. Going to be really nice, high of 84 degrees. Clear overnight tonight, low of 57, and then sunny again for Thursday, 82, 82 Friday, 81 Saturday, 81 Sunday. So really nice stretch of weather ahead. It is currently 61 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is PJ Anderson. Your grace is amazing. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to free and grace my feet freely. How precious did that grace.
That is PJ Anderson and your grace is amazing. It's 8:59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, we made it through the morning bland. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for listening. Brenda can relax now even though she doesn't have her phone. You made it through the show. Good job. Oh, thank you. I'm going to get so much work done today because I have no distractions. <laughs> no cat videos for you today. Not yeah, today. How about at that? All. You can actually do some work. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. It is Wednesday. That means Miriam Marston will be blazing the trail this evening. Be sure to catch her podcast too on the Hail Mary Media app. Have a very blessed day.